good day to all of you. And I hope wherever you're at, things are going well as you're listening. And if there aren't, that there is a glimmer of hope on the horizon. We have reached our 24th podcast, and I'm so excited as we wrap up our series here on silence. It's Dr. Jim Schrader, and we're living a whole Christian life. And so as we come to the close of our series on silence, and next week we'll actually wrap up our framework and begin to get into the specific dimensions of our lives and how they relate to living a whole Christian life. You know, we've talked about silence in a couple different ways so far. And we've talked about the benefits of silence from a scientific and even a theological standpoint. We've talked about ideas to grow and preserve silence. But no matter how important silence is for our health, our peace of mind, and our faith, we really have to be honest about the elephants making noise that prevents silence from being a part of our daily lives. So what I mean by this is that there are a few key things I think that if people are really honest You know, they might say to themselves, well, oh yeah, I mean, silence is great. I understand that I probably need it. I probably don't get enough. But, and here comes the elephants, right? Hurting through our living room, hurting through our mind. So I really think that there's probably four key elephants making noise that prevent us from prioritizing silence in our lives. The first is, frankly, let's be honest, it can be boring. I mean, there's so much going on around us, so much that's entertaining. And if you're busy like I am, and you think to yourself, I've only got an hour where I'm not doing some kind of work today. The question is, do I want to be entertained with that hour? Or do I want to spend it in some kind of reflective silence or some sense of being able to kind of listen and contemplate? It's really hard to avoid the pull sometimes to seek out the immediate gratification, that immediate pleasure, that immediate entertainment. And so whether or not we want to be honest, I mean, I think we have to be in many ways that silence can seemingly be boring. But boring is, I think, the beginning of what we feel. The deeper we get into the silent world, I would argue the more that we crave it. Certainly, that's one of the elephants running through making a lot of noise. The second thing for a lot of people is that I know that silence is scary. And I think this is especially true if you're listening, if you've experienced traumatic circumstances, or you've grown up in environments where there was maybe a lot of noise, or actually in the midst of silence, things occur that were uncomfortable. For various reasons, for various personalities, sometimes silence itself is scary. I think sometimes it's actually anxiety-provoking. And sometimes the fact of what you hear in your own reflections sends us running away from the idea of just being quiet. It is scary. I mean, we have to acknowledge that. We have to be not afraid to say, look, Lord, I'm anxious about this idea. I want to spend time with you. Now, I want to spend time just reflecting, but I'm worried. I mean, it just makes me uncomfortable. And as we hear, there's answers inherent in that worry and that anxiety that I think bring us a lot of clarity. But we first have to acknowledge that we're afraid of it. Oftentimes we'll we'll say something like, oh, it's not a big deal, or I could do this. Probably one of my least favorite phrases of all time, like it's not a big deal. Actually, it's it's often a big deal because (laughs) the things that are not a big deal are the things that actually derail us continuously from the practices in our lives that we most need. The third is that silence is not convenient. Think about how many times in your life, like you need to be connected or you feel that you need to be connected or you need to be listening something or doing something or whatever. And it just doesn't seem convenient. And it just doesn't seem like something that fits well with a busy life. And so we look at our lives often as a commodity and we think about, I have this much time and this much time and this much time. How in the world is silence going to fit into this one? Because I've got, Lord, I've got like 15 things I need to do most of which are not silent endeavors. Although, as I argued last week, there are a lot of mundane activities that we can do in the peacefulness of our own mind. But 
silence in itself does not seem convenient in a very driven world. And fourth, and I think related number three, is that it's seemingly not productive. Now, again, I argue, as I did last week, that there's a lot of ways to quote unquote be productive. Of course, that's not the point of, you know, inheriting the idea of the beauty of silence. But wherever you're at, I doubt that people are saying, well, you know, if I could just build in an hour of kind of silent activity, that sounds really productive. Now, in the end of the day, and as we go through this podcast and we continue on and talk about this more, I would argue that actually it is more productive to build silence in. But initially, when you just look at the minutes by minutes and you look at like, you know, the specs of your day, you might argue and say, how in the world is silence going to be productive? So those are the four, I think, key elephants that run through the room making lots of noise is that silence is boring. I mean, it's scary. It's anxiety provoking. It can be inconvenient and it seemingly is not productive. So it pushes against a lot of what we feel comfortable with, a lot of what we're told to do. And so then this is, again, where we have to push back. We have to see the resistance inherent, and we have to develop this covenant with God that says, if I believe it's important, then I will not be afraid to institute my life no matter what messages I'm getting. You know, for many in poverty, I read this years ago, some research around poverty, the TV is always on. And I think that there's various reasons that described in there, but whether it's drowning out the strife, the challenges, or the anxiety of life, for those who've experienced poverty, oftentimes, I mean, the idea of silence is so foreign. And it's not just the TV, but before the age of the internet, that TV was always on. It disrupted that idea of cultivating silence. Whether it's the ding of the cell phone, right? We know now, neurologically speaking, that the moment that ding goes off in your cell phone is the moment that neurotransmitter, dopamine, and others is surging in your brain, right? And it keeps us from having to confront the mundane without having being constantly distracted, without having to be connected. There we are again, finding reasons and and mechanisms why we can't be silent. But while the TV might mask turmoil, we all know that it doesn't change it. And while the cell phone might help us avoid an awkward moment, we know it doesn't alter it. This is the issue. Silence is so penetrating because it reaches us in such a raw form. I think at the end of the day, maybe that is one of the most intimidating and yet promising things about silence is that it penetrates within us. It's anything but passive. And as it penetrates within us in such a raw form, we're faced with questions that are daunting. Questions like, just what are we doing? What am I doing right now? What does this mean? Am I going somewhere that matters? Who am I? Who am I becoming? Who have I been? Who am I supposed to be? Where am I headed? Am I going anywhere? Am I going in circles? Am I losing my direction? Is this a good thing to do? And, you know, it's not always that silence, like, evokes such deep philosophical existential questions, but I think those are the ones that we're most afraid of. I know that, you know, sometimes we might get annoyed that in my silence, I've got this song replaying over and over that I heard a day before. And although that might be annoying, you know, I think we're somewhat accepting that that's kind of the way things are. Or, you know, if I'm running and I've got, you know, a period of silence and I'm thinking about things that have happened and things that are going to happen, you know, the next day or, or so forth. I mean, again, we're not overly intimidated, but it's the big questions. It's that penetrating silence sometimes that reaches in a way ask big questions of us. And so once again, we come back to the words of Merton, quote, when we have really met and known the world in silence, 
Words do not separate us from the world, nor from other people, nor from God, nor from ourselves, because we no longer trust entirely in language to contain reality. I mean, those are, those are beautiful words, but they're challenging words. It is there that silence no longer is a state of nature or a state of mind, but I would argue a state of our soul. It seems here that we begin to wonder whether the voice that we are hearing or the calls that we are sensing are coming from another source, a divine source. And I said that last week, at the end of the day, silence isn't about the external. Silence is about the interior life that we're trying to cultivate. And as we cultivate this, we begin to sense, we begin to have this intimacy that I would argue that so often you feel you're lacking. And I felt this increasing in the last decade. It's been such a moving, exciting thing. Sometimes it's scary, but it's so moving to feel this intimacy increasing in me, that intimacy from my divine creator. But sometimes it's just the intimacy with yourself and the willingness to hear and sense and know that you're in a place of meaning and a place of discernment and not in just a place of noise. And it's here that silence no longer becomes just a state of being. It becomes the beginning of a conversation that we do not know if we're having, but we can't simply deny it. In our discernment to understand what and if God is saying, we find ourselves listening intently. And we wonder, is what we are hearing a product of ourselves or is his spirit rising from within? Yet the noisy world that we live in threatens this entire discernment. We are told that almost never will God force his way in, which leaves us with the most serious question of our age. And that is, just how will we know if he is here? H-E-R-E. If it's too loud for us to hear. H-E-A-R. I want to say that again. How will we know? How will we experience? How will we be with him here if it's too loud for us to hear? I mentioned a little ways back that I um, have gone after a lot of prodding and, and coaxing. I finally went to a silent retreat at the White House over in St. Louis. I've been there now, I think, four times. And there's signs all over the place, you know, describing the importance of silence and, and the importance of just being quiet and listening to God. At first you think, not really, really? Like, is it that simple? It's got to be more than that, right? You can't just be just listening and walking around. Is it really that simple? And I'm not here to say it's, it's that simple that instantly this magical voice of God just kind of infuses you and says, you know, my son, my daughter, I've been waiting for you, and now you're here, and here's my message to you. That would be kind of nice in many ways, although, again, overwhelming. But the simplicity of it is, and I've experienced this in so many ways, is that when you just stop to be silent, whatever that conversation, whatever it is, and I'm not the only one, people say this over and over and over, it's amazing what you begin to hear. It's amazing where your mind goes. It's just amazing the things that you start to consider. I have this book that they give you at the beginning of these retreats, and then you take back in each time. And I look back at the pages, just pages and pages and pages that I've written 
It's almost just like flowing, free-associating thoughts and prayers. And I'm not trying to do that. All of you may have different ways. You may not always experience it that way. But only in silence, just how will we know if he is here? How will we experience him being here if it's too loud for us to hear? So as we become consumed with the noise of progress and of distraction and the noise of our frenetic lives, this question looms not rhetorically, but as loudly as it can be. C.S. Lewis once said that pain is God's megaphone in a deaf world. Well, if pain is God's megaphone, then silence is God's open field by which the sound is received. But instead of meeting God only in our pain, wouldn't we rather meet him in our pleasure? In the sound of his peaceful whisper? Wouldn't we rather meet God before we're at a moment of crisis? Before we're in moments of desperation? Wouldn't we love to come to know God in our joy and in our peace and in our ideas and in our curiosities? I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm all for knowing God when we're in strife. And I've prayed to God so many times, like when I'm struggling and I feel like I'm awry and I feel like I'm kind of at the precipice of life. And, you know, I feel like I'm in a crisis and we all certainly pray and come to know God. But wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome to come to know him in our pleasure, to come to know him just as much or even more in the joys of our lives, in the discernments, in the calls of our lives as we do in our crises? Wouldn't it be great instead of hearing his megaphone in our deaf world, we first hear that peaceful whisper. We first hear his sound, and not just his sound in his omnipotence and all of that, but the sound of his world around us. You've probably had varying experiences, but the last 10 years for me, and we're, we're going to really get into some neat experiences I've been blessed to have, the last 10 to 15 years, I've come to know him in so many amazing places. And if you're listening and you haven't come to know him there, I just offer you that I'm not saying don't come to him in moments of despair and crisis. I'm not saying don't come to try to find him there. But what I am saying is that living the whole Christian life is knowing God in our whole life, in our whole human experience, not just when we feel like we need him the most. So as we close out on this series on silence, and next week we close out the framework of living a whole Christian life, and we dive in those dimensions, those physical dimensions, our psychological dimension, the social dimension of who we are. Let's pray tonight that wherever you're at, or pray today, this morning, whenever you're listening, that no matter what state of mind you have been in, that you have the hope, that you have the possibility of coming to know God intimately, coming to know yourself intimately, and not being afraid of that. But in order to do that, in order to hear Him, we have to be silent. God bless you all. It's Jim Schrader. Be holy. Be whole.